We begin today's shir at the top of Daf Tes at the Mishnah. On the side of the Gemara, you notice we have a topic heading, Ha'imer Kenidre Rishoyim, someone who makes a pronouncement like that, Mishayev Beneder Nozir Ubekorban, he becomes bound to observe a vow, to observe Nazirus, and to bring a korban. V Mishnah. Kenidre Rishoyim. If a person says that, we'll see Rashi shortly as to what exactly took place, but that binds him to a neder or nodar benozir ubekorban, ubeshvua. Kenidre Ksherim, if he says that expression, lo amarklum. The concept of neder is anathema to people that are kosher. So, therefore, the Mishnah says, if someone said Kinidre Ksherim, he has said nothing. Kinidvoisam, if, however, he uses the expression Nidova as opposed to Neder, like the Nidovos of Ksherim, Nodar, Benozir, Bukorban, then he is bound. Now, we take a look at Rashi at the top. Kinidre Rishayim. Kigosho Yakiko Munach Lefonov. Imagine a person with a loaf of bread in front of him, Yomar, and he said, Kenidre Rishoyim. And he used that expression. Mashma, that implies the Oisa Kiko Yehelov, Kenidre Rishoyim. That the bread is to this individual like the vows of the wicked. The Kavon, the Yomar Hochi, and since he said that, Nodar Benozir Ubekorban Ubeshwa. He binds himself to a neder, to nazirus, to a korban and shvua v'im ochloi mischayev, mechayev nazirus. If he eats that loaf, he then is obligated to observe nazirus. The korban, ushvua. He'll be obligated to bring a sacrifice for having violated the neder, for having violated the vow not to eat the bread. Ushvua, and also in violation of a shvua, the chayev nami korban, shvua. He'll be chayev for violating a shvua, an oath. The darkon shall rishoyim who? It's the way of the wicked. Shenoidrim benazirus ubekorban ubenishboyin. It's the way of the wicked to accept upon themselves vows of the uh, of different uh, kinds, different kinds of vows. V'hai kiyomar kinidre rishoyim, and this fellow, when he says that, havi kemandu omar, it's as if he is saying the following: Hareini nazir im ochal heimenu, I am, uh, I accept upon myself nazirus if I eat from the bread. Vare olai kikorbon, and that the bread is upon me like a sacrifice. That would be a pretty standard form um, vow, where you. Uh, where you attach or you associate a particular allowed item with a sacrifice, just like a sacrifice is something that is that you imposed upon it prohibition. So, to the bread is now uh, is now with an imposed prohibition, and eating it would result in a violation of the neder. And ushvua sheini ochel and. Likewise, by saying Kenidre Rishoyim, it's tantamount to his saying that he's he's uh, he's taking an oath not to eat it. We continue now in the Gemara after having explained that 
Ksherim, uh, we explain that people that are kosher, people that are righteous, they don't they don't take vows. The concept of nidorim is anathema to the ksherim, to the proper individuals. The Gemara, v'dilma hochi komar, by uh, the fellow saying, kinidre uh, rishoyim. Maybe his intent is to say, kinidre rishoyim lo nadarna. I am not accepting upon myself the the vows of the wicked. Now let's take a look at Rashi to appreciate the question a little more. The Dilma Hachikoma Kinidri Rishoim Lonadarna came on the Ihu Loma Forish Midi. Since the speaker isn't explaining anything, Delo Omar Hare Hu Alai Kinidri Rishoim, he's not saying that the the loaf is upon me like the vows of the wicked. He's simply saying Kinidre Rishoim. Dilma Hochi Komar, maybe his intent is to, is to say, Kinidre Rishoim Lo Nadarna, Velo Klumhu, and he wouldn't be bound to anything. The Gemara answers, Omar Shmuel, Bi Oimer, what is really taking place is he's saying, Kinidre Rishoim Hareni Olai Vehemenu. And the Gemara explains this. Hareni, that Benazirus, Olai Bekorban. And Heimenu Bishvua. So those added expressions, Hareni Olai Vehimenu, imply that he's accepting upon uh, himself, if he eats the bread, the uh, Nazirus restriction, and the bread is upon him like a sacrifice, meaning it is a uh, neder, then not to eat the bread, and he is also vowing not to eat the bread. We take a look at the Rashi. Omar Shmuel be Oimer kigon shoy kikur lefonav. There was a loaf in front of him. The Omar kinidre rishoyim hareni olai vehimenu. U mishtama dahochi komar. The implication is that as follows: hareni benaziris demand the nazar hochi komar. Generally speaking, one who accepts upon himself nazirus says hareni nazir. V'ad Omar olai that word that he added. The mashma the Omar hare olai korban vehimenu mashma. The Omar Shvua Shelo Ochal Himenu that he uh, he vows not to eat from it, and there you see the word Himenu. The Hoyel the Omar Betchila Kinidre Rishoyim since he his opening phrase was Kinidre Rishoyim Mishdama Vadai the Hochi Boy Lemeimar. It's then clear that this is what his intent is. The Darkon Shem Rishoyim who. This, the way of the wicked is the agav rishayu when they become enraged nodrin ben nazir bekorban uveshua they start to uh, in common English in, in, we, we say a person starts to swear so in, in when when a person gets angry people who are are not in control of themselves they start swearing so in in the in common common slang or the common common parlance that implies certain let's say uh, foul language, but there's a another level of of appreciating that concept, and that's what we're seeing over here. That when a person becomes enraged, they start to uh, start to let's say lose control of themselves and 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 swearing and vowing, etc. The Gemara, as we go on, um, introduces with our markings, of course, uh, some geometric shapes. We have a diamond, and on the side of the Gemara, we explain under the Mivne heading, the Mivne is the structural note, Hadgoshas Kushos, we're emphasizing questions. 
And you'll see a squiggle underline highlighting the word Duma, which is Hatzah Chilufis Lahadam Shmuel, alternative suggestions to what Shmuel had said. So we just finished learning Shmuel's explanation of the Mishnah, and we go on now with a couple of questions. Hareini Benazirus, that is what Shmuel explained, that Hareini means, I will, upon eating the bread, become a Nazir. Dilma, a suggested alternative, Hareini Betainis Komar. Maybe he's accepting upon himself fasting, and not Nazirus. Omar Shmuel, so Shmuel explains, how is it that it's so clear uh, that, that we are talking about Nazirus? Kishahoya Nazir Oiver Lefonov. The, an additional element that we didn't know before is that when he was speaking, a Nazir was passing in front of him. Heimenu Bishvua. This is what Shmuel had said before, that by saying Heimenu, he's accepting, he's accepting upon himself as, as a, a, a vow not to eat the bread. Dilmo Heimenu means Da'achil no Komar. Maybe the, he's, he's swearing that he will eat the bread. Omar Rava, the Omar Heimenu Shalo Ochal. Oh, so there's more to the original expression than we thought. He said, he said Heimenu Shalo Ochal. Well, then If that's the case, so then it's very obvious. Do I need, do, do I need the obvious to be spelled out? Mahu Well, I would have thought Halomapik Shvua Mipume. He didn't use the word Shvua. Komash Malon. So what Shmuel is revealing to us that if you say Heimenu Shelo Ochal, that in effect is acceptance of a of a of a, of a shvu of a vow not to eat the bread. Now, as far as the the negative is concerned, that he spelled out Shelo Ochal, but even without pronouncing the word shvua, he is bound by a shvua, and of course everything that comes with it, that one who violates it is obligated to bring a special uh, uh, um, atonement sacrifices. Kenidre k'sherim lo omar klum, kenidvoisom nodar benoziu bekorban. This, of course, you can see as a quote from the Mishnah, that saying, I am accepting upon myself the nidorim of Kshirim, so that's meaningless. It's a, a contradiction in concepts. Nidorim and Kshirim are anathema to one another. Man tona de shoni le bain neder linidova. Which Tana, who is the author of our Mishnah, that makes a distinction between the two? Lema. Lo Rebbe Meir Notice we have a question that takes us down to the bottom line. The suggestion is not Rebbe Meir nor Rebbe Yudas. We're going to introduce a Tanaic source in which these two opinions appear and from this we're going to uh, assume initially that our Mishnah is not like either one and that of course presents a problem for us. We need to find authorship for our Mishnah. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Nosei Mivne heading, and we also indicate that this is a rather long topic. It goes till Daf Yud Amad Aleph. You'll see at the bottom line a crown shape, um, and the issue here is Man Tana de Mechalek Bein Nidorim, that only Rak Rushoim Oimrim, the Nidovas Shigam Tzadikim Oimram. The crown shape will uh, highlight the suggested. Tana, who would make this distinction? That's why you see over here, Rebbe Meir 
featured and you'll notice and here's how the Gemara is kind of spread out at the top of Yud Amen Aleph you see another crown where Afilu Teimo Rabbi Huda. So now we continue with the Gemara with our question who makes the distinction between Nidorim, namely that Ksherim do not accept upon themselves as opposed to Nidovas they do accept upon themselves. Now, maybe in general, you might ask, well, aren't they the same thing? They're just a function of uh, different kinds of vows. So, uh, in, in general, just by way of general background, a neder is a type of vow where a person accepts upon himself. Let's stay, let's, uh, stay within the realm of sacrifices for the time being to illustrate the difference. A, a person who says, Harei olai lahavi korban. Let's say as a korban shlomim, a person accepts upon himself. Let's say we'll say a personal obligation to bring a korban. That's a neder. If a person sees an animal that he owns and he says he he designates an animal, he says harei zu uh, korban shlomim. That is an example of a nedava. That's where the the uh, the vow is not a personal obligation, but rather it's a designation of a specific item. Now, in the, in the realm of korbonus, there's a major difference between the two. In the case of a person who accepts upon himself a personal obligation, well, then let us say he had in mind a specific animal, but he didn't articulate the vow in that fashion. If something happens to the animal he had in mind, if it dies, he'll have to replace it with another animal because he accepted upon himself a personal obligation. However, if he designates a specific animal in, in a nidova form, then if that animal dies, he doesn't have to make it up. Now the Gemara. The Sanya. We quote a posuk from Kehelis, Perik He, Posuk Dalit. And it says, Toiv Asher Lo Tidor, Mishetidor Velo Tishalem. On the side of the Gemara, we should point out we've included the previous posuk from Kehelis Perik Hey Posuk Gimel. Let's read it together. On the side of the Gemara, Kasher Tidor Neder Lolikim Al Tachel Lishamo. When a person vows, do not delay in paying the vow. Ki Ein Chefetz Bixilim As Asher Tidor Shalem. That which a person vowed, so pay up. And then posuk Dalid, which we already read, we'll read it again in the Gemara text. It would be better not to vow than to make a vow and not pay it up. So, Pesach Gimel featured a person that makes a vow. So, if one made a vow, pay it up. Pesach Dalit says, better not to make vows than to make vows and not pay up. So in Pesach Gimel you see a person making a vow and in Pesach Dalid you see also uh, an example of someone <coughs> making a vow and not paying it up. The beginning of Pesach Dalid however said better not to make vows than to make vows and not pay them up. The, the source goes on Toiv Mizeh Mizeh better than then both of these is she'enu no der kol iker. They doesn't make vows at all. Divrei Rebbe Meir. So Rebbe Meir's approach is basically 
avoid the whole area, the whole realm of vowing. Rebuta says that the best of all of the possibilities that we've seen in the Psukim, just to review, the Pasuk described someone who makes a vow, he is exhorted to pay up the vow. The Pasuk said not to make vows uh, where you're not going to pay them up. What about vows that you do pay up? Rebuta says that the best thing is, Tov no der umishalem, one who makes the vows and pays up. Now, at, uh, as far as we're concerned, again, this is a very superficial approach. We're just in the question mode. And that is, according to Rabbi Meir, silence is the best way. Now, our Mishnah didn't say that. Our Mishnah said that silence from the Dorim is recommended, but not from the Dovas. And Rabbi said that even making the Dorim is a great thing if you pay them up. So, our Mishnah uh, indicated that Nidorim is to be avoided at all costs if you consider yourself a proper individual. So it seems that our Mishnah is not like either one. Afilu Temo Rebbe Meir. No, our Mishnah can be like Rebbe Meir. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Ki Koma Rebbe Meir, that which Rebbe Meir said to avoid Beneder. That's when it comes to that form of vowing. A neder. Benedava, lo ko'omar. But uh, phrasing things in a nedava fashion, that he didn't say to avoid. The Gemara asks, katoni, does it not say in our Mishnah, kinidvoisam nodar benazir ubekorban? Our Mishnah says that if you accept upon yourself uh, a, a vow in the Nidova form, you are bound by a neder. So uh, it's mashma. It's mashma. It implies that he spoke using a lotion of neder. So the Gemara says, Tani, we have to restate the Mishnah, Nodav benazir ubekarban. That if you're talking about Sherim, they would not utter the uh, or, or use a nether term, nether terminology whatsoever. We explained before, if just to repeat, a nether is a uh, an expression where you say hare olai versus a nedova where you say hare zu. Hare olai means a personal obligation. Hare zu is a designated and designating an item. The Gemara continues, and on the side we have a topic heading which reads under the Nosei Hesber Ech Beneder Shayech Takola Mashenkein Benedova. There is a distinction that we haven't really made yet, other than the phrasing distinction. But the let's say the, anal- uh, um, the analysis of the distinction we haven't said yet. What is the difference between a neder and a dava? So the Gemara explains. My shna no dare the law. Why is it that a kosher, a person who's righteous, would avoid a neder? He might come to a to literally to a stumbling block. He might mess up. What's the mess up in the case of a neder? Person accepted upon himself, let us say, to bring a sacrifice, and he 
he's lazy, he delays, he has a, he's a procrastinator, and the Baal Ta'achir time period goes by, one of the opinions is three holidays, three of the social regolem go by, he'll then be in violation. He'll be in, 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 in violation of the, of the posseg that says, Lo Sa'achir Lishamu, which we call Baal Ta'achir. So that's a good reason that people who are righteous would not get themselves involved in the first place, they would avoid Nidorim. Well, Nidorim, Nami, Lo, Dilma, Osi, Ba, Lidei, Takola, accepting upon yourself a Nidorim also could result in a Takola. There are different explanations you can see in the Rashi and the Ran what the Takola is. Rashi's suggestion is, if you designate an animal as a Korban, that means you say, Hare, Zu, Korban, Shlomim, for example, uh, you cannot use that animal for work purposes. Uh, certainly, if you uh, you cannot shear the animal anymore, you might come then to uh, forgetting yourself and and using it or shearing it. That's a takola. That's a stumbling block. That's 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 a sinful act. The Gemara says, with regard to nedavus, there's a way to avoid it. Kehilel Hazokain. Follow the uh, practice of Hillel. Desanya Omru al Hillel Hazokain was said regarding Hillel. Shelo Mural Adam Ba'ilosoi Kol Yomov. That uh, regarding Hillel's Korban Ola, Hillel lived at the time of the Beis Hamikdash, the second toward the the latter part of the second Temple period, when he. Uh, designated an animal as a korban olo, you can rest assured no one ever came to be over on milav to violate the prohibition of using sanctified items for personal benefit. How is that? If he, if, if he designated an animal, he said harezu or hareze le korban olo. How is it that there's? We guarantee you that you would never misuse the animal. Here's the answer. He would bring the animal to the temple courtyard prior to its actual sanctification. And then when at the at the uh, we'll say at the threshold of the of the temple courtyard of the Azora, right there he would sanctify it, and then place his hands on it, which is part of the procedure of, of offering a sacrifice. Vishokhata and then slaughter. So there was no interim time, there was no time where it was uh, sanctified prior to its, uh, or there was very little time between its actual sanctification and final slaughtering. There was, there was basically no t- interim time for which someone could come to misuse the animal. Up till the time, up till the base of Mikdash, it was still um, a common animal. It was still chulin. There's nothing wrong with using chulin. And at the point of sanctification, at that point, it immediately was processed as a korban, was slaughtered, and there was no takola that could arise. Ha nidava the korbonus. This is a an ex. This is a good explanation how by nidavas of sacrifices. There's no stumbling. There's no no error can result, and hence kshemrim people that are kosher would uh, would make nedava type pledges. Nedava de nazirus my equal of emar. 
in our Mishnah, we said that if a person says, Kinidvas Ksherim, he's binding himself also uh, as a Nazir. Well, how, how do you explain uh, Nazirus uh, uh, with regard to a person that's, that's righteous and avoiding, uh, avoiding uh, the stumbling, avoiding takolas? Uh, there's a Rashi across from here says Nedavid and Nazirus Michael Lemaimar Hechi Ovid the Loosi Lide Takola. How can a person behave himself with regard to Nazirus and not come to a Takola, not to come to any stumbling? Be- as the Mishnah said, the Kotoni Nodav Benazir, the Mutter, the Ksherim is Nadvin Benazirus. So we're looking for uh, a description. Of a uh, a person who's kosher, who would accept upon himself nazirus. There's um uh, the the Ran also explains thusly. Uh, you'll find the lower part of the narrow lines. Nedavin nazirus Michael the Meimar Klomar Hech Ksher Misnadvin nazirus while Islu lemechash Dilma Osu Lidei Takola. Even within the realm of nazirus. Isn't there what to worry about? Someone coming to, we'll say, to mess up, to stumble? Now, uh, truth be told, we haven't, uh, we haven't seen, not, neither in the Rashi nor in the Ran, um, a, a description of what the stumbling would be. In the case of, a, of bringing sacrifices, we indicated the stumbling could be, in the case of... A, of it could be Baltaher, the delay, it could be a um, misuse of the animal. What is the misuse, or what's the stumbling in the case of Nazirus? So, on the, if I can go and offer my own interpretation, there's, there are different aspects of Nazirus uh, that, that, in which stumbling could arise. For example, Nazirus, the laws of Nazirus dictate no, cons- no consumption of, of uh, wine or vine products, wine, grapes, etc. He could, he could stumble and, and violate that. Uh, he could, uh, we saw a discussion in, a, one, of our, in one of the early dapim of the Masichta that there's an, there could be an element of Baltaachir, even by Nazirus. And there's also the whole topic concerning the korbonus that a nazir has to bring at the conclusion of his nazirus period. So there is, within the realm of nazirus, there is what to stumble on. So how do you explain that a kosher person would would accept upon himself nazirus and by definition that means there's not going to be any fear of stumbling, of messing up. So what, what is the explanation? What's the background to that? So the Gemara answers, Sovar law kishimen hatzadik. Now you're going to see a Tanaic source. This Tanaic source is, is found in other Gemaras as well. However, before we get into the source itself, we take a look at the Ran. Uh, the Ran is toward the end of the narrow lines. The beginning of the line, there's an abbreviated Hey Gimel Hochi Garcinon Kishimen Hatzadik. The Garcinon Sovar law Vachi Pirushab. The uh, the Ran suggests not to have in the Girsa that we do have the words Sovar law. So according to the Ran, the reading of the Gemara is after reading My Ikola Meimar, what the the you would continue reading by saying Kishimen Hatzadik. And now, what we want to really focus on in the Ran, the Hochi Pirusha. The Chol Shenodar Mitoch Inyan Zeh. Anyone who accepts 
uh, Nazirus, as will be described in the upcoming story, the person's intentions are so pure, as we'll see in the story that we haven't read yet, there isn't anything to worry about. When a person is so committed, he's so pure of intention, there isn't anything to worry about. He will be exceptionally diligent and, again, no takola to really worry about. The, now we go to the Gomorrah. Desanya. Omar, Omar Shimonat Sadik. Uh, Shimonat Sadik uh, was uh, a, a leading figure at, in the uh, time of the second base Amigdash. He was uh, a, uh, an individual we associate often with the beginning of the Tanaic period. He was a, a person who uh, was a, uh, a remnant, a, 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 uh, from the end of the Anshe Knesset Hagdola period. And uh, the, the, uh, we'll say the historical placement of him adds a dimension of understanding because we're dealing with uh, cases of, of sacrifices and, uh, and actual Beis Hamikdash uh, experiences. So, Shimon HaTzadik tells us, Miyomai lo ochalti oshom nozir tome elo echad. So, I, I never ate from, and he was a, uh, he was a Kohen as well. And Kohen is entitled to eat from all kinds of sacrifices, including Kotshe Kotshim, so uh, with the holy, the uh, um, holy of holy type sacrifices, which uh, non-Kohanim are prohibited from eating. However, Shemar Sadiq says that I would never, I would never have eaten, I never ate from the the guilt offering brought by a nausea that became defiled, with the exception of one time. He tells us a story of a, a person who was a Nazir that came from the south. A very nice looking person, a nice eyes, a, uh, a, a handsome individual. And he had locks of hair. Omarti Lo. Shimon HaTzadik tells us, I said to this guy, A Nazir, upon, um, upon the, concluding his Nazirus, he has to take a, a, a full shave. Uh, all of his uh, hair is removed. So he's, Shimon HaTzadik knows this very nice, handsome-looking individual with the locks and, of, of hair, and he's asking, why would you want to cut off your hair as, as is the practice of a Nazir? Why would you want to cut off your, your attractive, your nice-looking hair? Omar Lee. So the man tells Shimon HaTzadik the story. I was a shepherd for my father in my community, in my town. I went to draw water from a spring. And I, I noticed uh, my reflection in the water. And uh, upon seeing his reflection, he noticed that he is a very good-looking person. You, can, you see between the lines here that people had basically no use of mirrors. Uh, men, at least, did not use mirrors. And the only time they would ever see themselves would be a, a, as a reflection in the water. And, and he 
noticed his reflection, and my inclination, my evil inclination got the better of me, and wanted to cause me to sin, literally to cast me out of the world. Through sinning, a person uh, is cast away from the, uh, the lot of the righteous. Uh, a, a person who is, let's say, overcome by his good looks, that's uh, a, an invitation to, to sin. You can assume in the realm of uh, immorality. Omarti lo. Now, this is the fellow speaking to himself. He said to himself, uh, to his reflection, Rasha, Loma Sheino Shelcha. Wicked one, again, addressing himself. How is it that you're becoming so uh, haughty and conceited in a world that's not yours? Becoming so conceited regarding someone who is going to eventually turn into uh, uh, um, uh, decomposition and worms. Ho'avoda is an expression meaning uh, uh, someone vows. He vows to, uh, to shave off his hair uh, for with 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 heavenly pure intentions. So in in so many words, the idea of shaving off the hair is something associated with Nazirus. So this person was accepting upon himself Nazirus uh, as a um, as a as an antidote, as a countermeasure to his is um, being overcome with this uh, feeling of gaiva of, of of haughtiness and and uh, conceitedness. And, and he comes to the base of Migdash. And now we should point out that so this this person who had really accepted upon himself Nazirus, in the course of his Nazirus, something happened, uh, might have been beyond his control even. Uh, someone died in his immediate vicinity uh, under the same roof. That would cause him to become Tomei. That is, in effect, the a, a violation of the Nazirus. And uh, he has to bring a korban osham, uh, an osham, an ola, and a chatos. Those are three korbanas that the nozir tome has to bring. Miyad omadati nishakti rosho says, I immediately arose and I kissed him on his head. Omarti lo beni, my son, kamocha yirbu noizre nazirus Israel. Uh, like you, with this, your initial acceptance of this was with was with pure intent as a as a means of combating the Yetzirah. So people like you should increase amongst the Jewish people, amongst the Nazirah uh, Nazirus. People accept Nazirus. If if uh, if if it's if anyone is going to accept Nazirus, they should be like you did. Olecha Kosovoimer regarding someone like you, the Pasuk says, Ishki Yafli Lindor Neder Nozir Lazir Lashem. A person who takes upon himself a vow and Nazirus for Hashem. That means with pure heavenly intentions. So, we, just to uh, tie things together, we were asking, what is an example of a Nidova de Nazirus? Namely, where a, a kosher person accepts Nazirus. The example of that is this story. Uh, at the beginning of this source, Shimon Asadik reported to us that he would not, not eat the the guilt offering of a of a nazir tomei. So, what which korban did he 
Which Korban did he not eat from? So he seemed to specify the guilt offering of a Nazir who violated the Nazirus through Tumah, through defilement. And why would Shimon HaTzadik not eat that? Because it's a sacrifice associated with sin. He didn't want to eat something that was, that, whose root is in sin. Well, if that be the case, so all guilt offerings should not, he should not have ever consumed. But he did. Because Why should he not have ever consumed them? Because they too come because of sins. There's a, there's a number of sins that the, that the Torah says that if one violates them, he has to bring a korban osham. Why then did Shemazadik specify the, the osham of a nazir tameh? So the Gemara says we, in, in, in raising the question, or of money's raising the question, it was based on a, on a, on a faulty assumption. Omar lay Rabbiyoyna, Hainu Taima. The reason Shimon Atzadik avoided this korban specifically is as follows. In general, when people, uh, we said, remember we said before, people that become irate, they become wrathful, they accept themselves and in their wrath, uh, all kinds of oaths and, and, and vows, and inclu- including Nazirus. That's Toyin, when they're in a state of, uh, of being confounded. That's when they accept Nazirus. And then when those very people that became, that took Nazirus in a state of wrath, uh, Nazirus basically is 30 days. Stam Nazirus is 30 days. And then, uh, and then when they become Tome, they have to observe all of the Nazirus over again. They come to regret their ever having become Nazirim. And with, with regretting the becoming of a Nazir, it's, it's, it's practically that he's, um, he's, he's uh, absolving himself from Nazirus. Now, we're saying practically, it's like, it's comparable. It's not, it's not literal, but it's, it's as if he is abs- he's, he's absolving himself from the Nazirus, which is something, of course, you can't do. But again, this is by way of analogy. And and then the Nimsu Mavian Hulin Lazar. Then when he does bring the sacrifices that he's obligated to bring, it's like bringing Hulin Lazar. Those are that's unsanctified uh, animals into the base of Mikdash, and that that is prohibited to to bring Hulin to the Azar, to bring unsanctified animals and have them slaughtered in the Azara, and then your eating of them that is sinful. So Shimon Atzadik wanted to avoid uh, the uh, the korbanos of an uh, osham of, of a nazir tome. Some of the points that we made, you'll see right here in the Ran. The Ran, by the way, um, explains the the word tohim in a, a slightly different uh, fashion than than we said. Uh, the explanation we gave. Uh, uh, was, you can find in the Rashi who says that when they get angry, they uh, accept upon themselves uh, nazirus. So it's it's a it's a nazirus out of uh, out of wrath and uh, not a nazirus that's with pure heavenly motives. Uh, the the run you can see four lines from the bottom regarding the chulin bazora issue. Mavi and chulin lav dafka. 
It, it doesn't mean actual Chul Nazara. She calls Man Shalom Hitirun Chacham is Yerushin Kayemes. We're saying Choyv Aleim. And as long as a person didn't approach a sage to have the Nazirus reversed or or um, uh, annulled, the Nazirus is binding, and the korbanos that he brings are obligatory. And look, Kain Chulin Kaomar. It's it's as if it's Chul Nazara. Shemitoch Shein Kavlosin Rutsuya. Since his intent is not. Uh, he's not doing. Uh, he's not continuing with his nazirus with with pure intent. Af So too, their korbanos are not desirable. And here, this is pretty much the main point with regard to that fellow that came from the south in the story with Shimonat Sadik. All of this is not something to be of any concern. Since his initial acceptance of the Naziris was so pure, Anan Sadi We bear witness. We we can uh, can vouch for this guy not ever coming to Harota to to regretting the Naziris. Now, we go back to the Gemara where Rabiona explained, well, just, just to review what Rabiona had said, he says that the, the problem with the Oshem Nazir Tome is that when he sees that he has to observe the Naziris all over again, he, uh, he becomes confounded and he, he regrets the whole thing. And the, therefore the Korbonus that he ends up bringing uh, are like Hulin Lazar. And we pointed out Hulin Lazar, the mon- mundane animal slaughtered and, and eaten, uh, slaughtered in the Azara, and then eaten is a sin. The Gemara asks, Ihachi, Afilu, Nozir, Tohor, Nami? Uh, as far as Shimon HaSadik is concerned, he should have avoided eating korbanos of a nozir tohor as well. Uh, what's the problem there? So Rashi on the second line under the Gemara explains, If it's an issue of regret, and the regret is then associated with, with the korbanos that he brings as being viewed <coughs> as chulun vazora, if a person doesn't become Tomei, but he, ex- he accepted the Zerus, well, how did he become Tomei? Is there not uh, a, a, a doubt or fear that he will regret having accepted the Zerus? And we don't see that Shimon HaSadik avoided the Korbanus of a Nazir Tor, of a Nazir that remained uh, undefiled. The Gemara answers, There's no, there isn't anything to worry about in such a case. Nazir Tor, lo. Uh, there you don't have you don't have to worry about charata in the case of a nazir tor the amudi omid the yochol lindor he calculated um, amudi means he made a, a calculation a, a personal assessment evaluation that he can handle a nazirus and basic nazirus is a thirty day period and he. Uh, and, if, and certainly if he finishes it successfully that was a result of his initial calculation that it's something he can handle so he won't uh, and, and without becoming without becoming Tomei so the, the, the initial amount of Nazirus is all that he has to observe there's no uh, repeating uh, 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 um, of his Nazirus period the, uh, an elongation of his Nazirus period Rashi, let's look at it together. Four lines from the bottom. 
In the case of someone who uh, finished a Nazirus without having become defiled, there is no concern of his coming to regret. Since he uh, did not become Tomei, and there was no increase, uh, we'll say, imposed increase of Nazirus days, he's not going to come to any regrets. You'll say that even so, uh, might he not come to regret having accepted the Nazirus out of fear that he won't be able to finish it off? No, you don't have to worry about that kind of regret. Had he not made an a initial evaluation of his abilities to, to endure the Nazirus, Lo have another. He wouldn't have made the Nazirus vow to begin with. And as long as he does not become defiled, there is no element of of uh, regret that one has to worry about. We turn back to the Gemara. The Eboy Now, we because uh, on the top of Yud Amalaf, as you can see now. We have a Roman numeral number two with a crown marking. We know what the, is happening in the Gemara. The Boy is a throwback to the issue of who is the Tana of the Mishnah. So, as you recall, in, in raising the question, the Gemara said it doesn't seem like it's Rebbe Meir nor Rebbe Yuda. The first answer the Gemara gave was that our Mishnah could be like Rebbe Meir and that that which Rabbi Meir said to avoid uh, vowing altogether, that's if the vow is in a neder form. However, if it's in a nedava form, it's okay. Even kosher people would in, would uh, um, bind themselves by a nedava. Maybe themselves is not an accurate expression, but they would take upon the, they would they would utter a nedava. That's. A, the designation of uh, a specific animal to be a sacrifice. Here the Gemara says, "Afilu Our Mishnah can go like Rebuta. Uh, the, the fact that we saw in the source on the Tes Omen Aleph, Rebuta saying, "Toiv Mizel Mizel No Deru Mishalem," and our Mishnah uh, seemed to say that that uh, No Deru is not. Not a good thing to do, and he seemed to be praising it. We can resolve the Mishnah with Rabbi Yehuda. Ki Amar Rabbi Yehuda bin Adava. Rabbi Yehuda was praising what? Not a nether, uh, a, 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 a nether taker, not someone who makes nedorim, who, who utters nedorim, but rather someone who utters nedavos. Regarding that, Rabbi said that the best thing is someone who is no Dave Umishalem. So, reading the Gemara, Kikom Rabbi Yehuda Benedava, Beneder Lo Omar. The Gemara asks, but looking at the language of the Mishnah, does it not say, Tov Mizel Mizel No Dare Umakayem? Notice we dash on the word no dare, that, that being no dare is very is praiseworthy. The Gemara answers, no, Tani. No Dave Umekayen. Uh, it's interesting uh, just to note, not that there's any significance, but the quote here uses the word Mekayen, which means to fulfill, and in the 
original brisa, you saw the word mishalem, but they're one and the same. It means to that means to pay to fulfill the vow. So what we are saying here is that Rabbi Yehuda, when he was uh, stating words of praise, that was regarding someone that uh, would vow in the nedava form. Let us look at the ran at the top. Tani no Dave Umekayev, Rebuda Dorish Lehulikroy, Krebi Meir, Rebbe Yehuda, as far as his approach to the Psukim, would be like that of Rebbe Meir, the Toiv Mizeh Umizeh, Sheino no Der Kolikr. That the best thing is not to state a nether whatsoever. Miu Baha Poligoleg, Rebbe Meir. However, with regarding the following point, there is a departure of Rebuda from Rebbe Meir. The Rebbe Meir, Kro Denokat. No dare who adinle no dave. The pasuk that spoke about a no dare is including a no dave as well. Uludidei dafke no dare. Avol no dave tov mizeh umizeh. The uh, Rabbi Meir, in, in interpreting the pasuk, would have concluded that the best thing is not to be no dare, nor to be no dave either. However, uh, when when it comes to criticizing and associating with rishos, only nedarim are associated with the rishayim. Nedavas are not associated with the rishayim because in the realm of of nedavas there isn't any takola to worry about. But on a practical level, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir would say the best thing is not to be no dare nor to be no dave. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda. When it, with regard to no Dave, the the best thing is yes to obligate yourself, uh, obli- uh, to uh, accept a, a nedova, to make a nedova and pay it up. We continue in the Gemara. Third line from the top, and uh, this was similar to what we saw uh, in the first uh, in Roman numeral number one. Maishna no der delo. Why is no dare something that is not to be done? Dilma, Osi, Ba, Lide, Takola. He can come to stumbling. As we indicated before, person who accepts a nether, he's inviting trouble. He might come to a problem of delay of Baal Tachir. Well, Nedava Nami, Dilma, Osi, Ba, Lide, Takola, with regard to a Nedava as well, could there not be a, a, a point of stumbling? And we indicated before that if you designate an animal as a sacrifice, uh, you, you can end up misusing it. You can use it for you, and you might end up shearing it or using it for for work purposes, which would be a violation of its sanctity. The Gemara answers: Rebuta Litame. Rebuta in praising Nidovis is. A, is a uh, uh, an attitude that's consistent with other with another comment of his. The Omar Rebuta says, "Adam mevi kipsos lazara umakdisha v'somecholel v'shochata." This is a comment that Rebuta makes, which, by the way, is essentially the same thing that we saw before that we uh, quoted in the name of Hillel uh, in our previous sukkah. Uh, we were analyzing, we were explaining the Mishnah in Rebbe Meir terms. Apparently, Rebbe Meir himself had not addressed the topic on his own. But Rebbe Yudah 
has addressed the topic on his own, so it's it's uh, more convenient for us to say that once we're setting up the Mishnah like Rebbe Yehuda and the Mishnah uh, praises Nidovus uh, 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 in the sense that on a Shim Kshirim, uh, righteous people would make Nidovus and there's no Chashash Takala. This is in line with Rebuda's approach to how one brings sacrifices. Rebuda himself, he says, a person brings his animal to the Azor and only at that point, only uh, moments before it's slaughtered, only then do you sanctify. Prior to that, it was Hulin, it wasn't something that was, uh, was prohibited anyway in shearing or using. Tenach Nidova de Korbonus. Nidova de Nazirus Mayikola Meymar. We explained, as we saw earlier, that when, with regard to a Takola by Korbonus that were designated as Nidovas, there is no Takola to worry about, as we explained. What about a Nidova of Nazirus? Isn't there a, a Takola possibility? There's a uh, here you can see the Tosfos. He explains. Uh, I, I think that you'll see very similar to what we suggested before on our own. At that point, I hadn't remembered this particular Tosfos. You see on the on the first of the widest lines in the Tosfos commentary, the the extreme wide lines. I'm reading from the Tosfos. Immediately when he accepts Nazirus, he's forbidden in eating grapes, uh, grape products, or drinking wine. There is now uh, something to worry about uh, that he might violate. And we explain like uh, like Shimnat uh, Sadik that uh, a person who takes upon himself Nazirus with purely heavenly intentions, you don't have to worry about it. So now let's go back to the Gemara. Rebbe, uh, regarding this question of Nidova of Nazirus, uh, how do we explain that there's no Takala? Rebbe Huda, again, is consistent here with what he has said elsewhere. Let us uh, glance uh, at the Ran on the fourth line from the top of the Ran commentary regarding this uh, phrase of Rabbi Huda in explaining how is uh, Nazirus uh, done in such a way that we can call it a Nidava. So Rashi said, Ra- the Ran says, Rabbi Misavin Lahavi Korbanus. We're going to see this shortly in the Gemara itself, under the name Rebutin Eitanaic source, that people that are tzaddikim have a desire to bring sacrifices, Shelchova, obligatory sacrifices. Now, you, you, you can't voluntarily bring an obligatory sacrifice. It's a contradiction in terms. And let us say a, a sin offering. A person who didn't sin, and you can assume that a tzaddik wouldn't have sinned. And yet he wants to bring a korban that a sinner would bring. So, the, how how could that be? How how could that possibly be done? Well, we'll see shortly that a, a sinner would bring a korban chatas. There is an example of someone who is, we'll say, a non-sinner that also brings a korban chatas, as is the case of a nazir. The kavon shilkavon azu heimoisin, and since they do so with such pure intentions, mikri nidava. We can call it nidava. 
it seems to me that the the run the Ran's explanation isn't focusing on the issue so much of of takola avoidance, but rather we explained how korbonus can be brought by Sharon in a uh, nidova form, even though when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, sacrifices korbonus, there's a takola problem. We explained how you can avoid takola altogether through the uh, sanctification of it immediately before its offering. And, and as a result of the non-takola aspect of korbonus, Sherim will bring korbonus in a nadova form. What about Nazirus? How is it that Nazirus can be described as a nadova that a person that's kosher would accept it upon himself? So we're explaining that when one accepts Nazirus with pure uh, motivation, that is called Nadova. In the previous sukya, we had mentioned that, uh, based on, of course, the Meforshim, we had mentioned that if one has such pure intention, you don't have to worry about coming to Takola. But as I say, according to the Ran's interpretation, I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced that the Takola issue is what is preoccupying the Ran, but rather the classification of Nazirus as a Nidova, and hence something that, uh, that righteous people would do, that is all dependent on your purity of intention. So, the Gemara continues, uh, Desanya, we're saying Rebuta, in saying that a kosher uh, person would bring, would accept upon himself Nazirus, and it would be called uh, a Nidova of Nazirus, uh, is as you see in the following the early pious ones they had a desire to bring a sin offering but a sin offering is brought only when one violates that kind of sin that requires such a korban to be brought they were not sinning the almighty doesn't bring a, a tzaddik to stumble to mistakenly violate, let's say, eating chalev or eating dam. So they would never find themselves in a position where they would have to bring a korban chatas. So ma hoyu oisin, what would these chasidim rishonim do? Oindum is nadvin nazirus lamokum, kadesh yishayev korban chatas lamokum. They would accept upon themselves uh, nazirus, which obligates the Nazir at the conclusion of the Nazirus period to bring, amongst other korbanas, a korban chatas, in addition to, of course, the shlomim and ola korban that he brings. So, as the Ran said, Rabbi Yehuda, in, in suggesting that Nazirus is something that a person kosher would do, here it is. It's out of his, his great desire to bring a korban chatas. Rabbi Shimon Oimer Lo Naju Ben Nazir, the Chasidim uh, Rishonim would not accept upon themselves Nazirus. Ela Roitzelavi Oila Misnadivu Mevi. Someone who would want to bring a korban Ola, that is a type of korban that could be brought voluntarily. He would make a Nidova, he would designate an animal as a korban Ola and bring it. Shlomim, if a person had a desire to bring a korban Shlomim, Misnadev Umevi. 
Korban Toda is a special type of Korban that along with it there are 40 loaves brought, 10 loaves, uh, uh, 4 groups of 10 loaves, each loaf being a different type of uh, baked good. That's 4 types of breads that accompany the Korban Toda. So he would voluntarily bring that. Alva Benazirus, lo hisnatvu. But as far as uh, what Rabbi Yudah suggested, Rabbi Shimon would say they would never make a nidava of Nazirus. They wouldn't accept upon themselves Nazirus, so that they should not be called sinners. Shinemar the Posuk, and now note, this Posuk is in the context of a Nazir. It says, And he brings his sacrifices for his having sinned. So someone who is considered a chassid from the chassid Rishonim would not enter into a realm of that kind of person or that kind of practice that's associated with sinfulness. Omar Abaye. He lists three names. Shimon HaTzadik, the Rebbe Shimon, the Rebbe Lozer Kapor, Kulon Shito Achazen. All three of these uh, Tanoim uh, accept the same, um, we'll say, school of thought. Not that they say the same thing, but they're all in general agreement. The Nazir Chote Have, that a Nazir is a sinner. There's an element of sinning involved in the Nazir practice. It might be, for some people, necessary to become a Nazir, but it's not viewed in a positive light according to these Tanoim. Now, how do, how do you know that? How do you know that that's their position? Well, Shimon HaTzadik, the Rebbe Shimon, Haldamoran. We saw already before, Shimon HaTzadik had a rather, we'll say, circumspect attitude toward Nazirim. He said that he would avoid eating from the korbanas of a, of a, of a, of a Nazir Tomei because of the fear that they, they might come to uh, that they, they might come to regret their entire Nazirus. Uh, and, and, and therefore, the, 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 the area of Nazirus in the eyes of Shimon HaTzadik is something to be avoided. And Rebbe Shimon, we just saw now that in this Tanaic source that uh, he, he views them based on the Pesach that a Nazir is a sinner. Rebbe Lozara Kapor, Rebbe, Desanyo, the third opinion that uh, Abaye mentioned, that of Rebbe Lozer, that he also holds that a, um, a, a, a Nazir is considered a Chote. Desanyo, Rebbe Lozer, HaKapor, Rebbe, Oimer, V'chipra Olov, Me'asher Chotala Nefesh, this is a posik that we just saw quoted before in the context of the Zerus. The posik says that he brings his sacrifices in order to, to atone for himself. What sin did he do that he needs atonement? We're talking about the Nazir. What sin did he do? That's the sin. That through his Nazir's vow, he restricted himself from partaking of wine. Falo dvorim kavachomer. And now, with this in mind, we can then uh, extend this through kavachomer logic. Here, you have someone that uh, that entered Nazirus, which represents 
or poses to the individual a rather limited form of restriction. He can't drink wine. Uh, can he drink a milkshake? Yes. Can he, uh, can he uh, drink water? Yes. Can he drink uh, a cola? Yes. He's restricted from wine. And yet, for that, we'll say that rather limited restriction, he, for having restricted himself from something that the Almighty allows people to partake of. Uh, if a person doesn't make a vow, the Almighty has an entire world of food and, and drink that he wants you to partake of. And if you restrict yourself from that, you're called sinning. What does the Kabbal Chomer state? Someone who restricts himself from, from all things, all the more so is he considered a sinner. So Rabbi Lozar Kappa says, from here we see that people who observe fasting, they are considered sinners. The Gemara asks, the Pasuk above, that's not talking about Nazirim in general, Nazirus in general. Abaye got finished telling us that we have three opinions, and including which was Rebbe Shimon, that a Nazir is a sinner. Doesn't, that Pasuk doesn't refer to a simple Nazir. That's referring to a Nazir that actually sinned. Not his restriction, restricting himself, but because he became Tome. It's a sin. It's an absolute, it's an objective sin for a Nazir to defile himself. But who says that from there you see in general that a Nazir is considered a sinner? The Gemara answers, the reason that you see Chote in the context of the Nazir that defiled himself, he did a double sin. In other words, the defilement, yes, that's sinful. But that's like, that's, that's what we call adding insult to injury. That's a sin on top of a sin. Even at the first Nazirus, the initial Nazirus is considered a sin. As far as the, the appearance of Chote in the case of, uh, of the, of the, um, the Nazir Tomei, so there it's even, it's like it's all the more appropriate, but not to the exclusion of an initial Nazirus vow. That too is considered a sin. Uh, just to, um, uh, let's say, uh, elaborate on that a bit, we uh, take a look at the Rashi commentary. The Rashi that we're looking at is a little less than halfway down of the, the, the page. Mishum Dishona Bechetu because of his doubling, his repeating a sin, he initially he restricted himself. The old Nazirus, he also uh, defiled his Nazirus by becoming uh, defiled to the dead. That's why the Torah, when it wants to speak about sinfulness, it speaks about it by the Nazir Tomei. However, the truth is, is that other Nazirim that did not defile themselves are also called sinners. The Goli Rachmana Baha'i, the Torah reveals this aspect of sinfulness in the case of the Nazir Kulu, And the same applies to all Nazirim, even those that did not defile themselves. 
When you want to use the word, the term sinning, which is a kalkola, it's a mess up, that we apply that to someone who's really messed up. But again, not to the exclusion of an initial Nazirus either. Uh, the the run adds a little another uh, a detail to this. Uh, the run that we're looking at is about two fifths of the way from the top. Mishum deshona v'chet. Number one, shetzir atzmo. Number two, v'nitma. V'sura the al nefesh kodorish. The pasuk that we read was v'chipar olav me'asher chata al hanefesh. That expression al hanefesh is a is otherwise an extra, extra or extraneous phrase. So it's there for us to darshan. The e mechata tuma bilachud kaomar. If uh, we're talking about someone who sinned and his sin is only the tuma, hafilei lemichtav measher chata vesulo. The pasuk should have stopped after the measher chata. Namely, the it's true that in the context. The pasuk is in context of Nazir Tomei. It would have said, The korban he brings is to atone for the sin of becoming defiled. <coughs> uh, and stop there. Al hanefesh lomali. What's the extra expression? So the extra expression is, Shetzir Asma Nefesh is himself, that he restricted himself initially from partaking of things that otherwise are allowed. That itself is called a sinful act. Now, on a philosophical level, there's a lot more to talk about if it's viewed in such a negative light. So then, why does the Torah provide for such a thing called Nazirus in the first place? That is, uh, we'll just say that's worthy of a, of a discussion in and of itself. Maybe just as, a, uh, just as a food for thought, you can bear in mind that sometimes... As the Gemara and Sota explains, because of, we'll say, extenuating or extreme circumstances, say unfortunate circumstances, a person has to take um, evasive measures, uh, we'll call contingency circumstances, in order to, to counteract a negative situation in which he finds himself. So he has to, uh, he's compelled emotionally or spiritually to accept upon his ears. But it's all as a result of extenuating uh, called uh, sinful circumstances that he has to uh, observe this. But in an ideal situation, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't need to uh, engage in Nazirus. And that's why, uh, the, that's why, on the one hand, the Torah does provide for uh, Nazirus. On the other, on the other hand, it can still be considered within the general realm of sinfulness. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.